Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Six minutes after two o'clock. Well, thank you. Welcome to the big interview. And uh, today we've got, I'm I'm in a fantastic company today. So just eat your heart out if you're sitting there, wherever you're sitting there, in the middle of traffic, load shedding and all the rest of it. Because I've got a maestro in studio with me. Gudwana Masota is with me in studio today. And he's, he's solo. Shem, you, Gudwana. Hello. How are you? Thank you for coming. Thank you, Pamela, for asking me. I say Shem because, you know... Um, so after a while, I think what happens is that you 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 get used to being to to building this this empire around you. I'm going to call it a little empire, you know, a, amazing children. Sometimes you're not even the person who's being interviewed. It's <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we got you know? that out of the way. And, and yes, you're right. This this sometimes is it's my a, interview. It's sometimes it's a father who, like yeah. you know, other people just take over. Yeah. Today it's about you. Thank you for that. Today it's about you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So that in mind, I mean, I imagine growing up, I don't know. Let me ask you, did it, did it feel a little bit like you, after coming from such giants like your father, like your grandfather, it just felt like a little bit like you're, you're always in their shadow. Did it feel like that? A little bit. Yes. Um, but I don't think I thought too much about it. Uh, certainly with my father, because he was always there and we were very close growing as I was growing up because he was the the, the source of the music. Yes. Uh, to put it, Gastwana, Gwanza Moena. You know, uh, I mean, it was such a privilege to grow up. I with, don't think with, you had a choice. Did you? Well, I did because I have two siblings who are quite musical, but did not take music I understand. We're not affected by music in the same way as I, I was and, and didn't really take it to, you know, didn't apply themselves uh, to, to the same extent that I did. They they excelled at other things and they yes. still excel at those things. So the, the choice was there. But yeah, you know, music chooses you. And I think that that's the point. The, 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 the choice was made for me, not by my parents, not not by even myself to an extent, but the music chose me. So yeah, you know, it in terms of the question that you ask, it it was very important for me and I think I recognized it early enough that with such a giant that you know you're Michael's child oh Oprah Mike Salaiti and all of that I needed to find my own musical personality mm-hmm. my own musical voice and my own expression and 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 I was lucky because uh, my father was a violinist yes but very soon I realized that the cello is really what I should be playing w- so that, that I could separate your voice your was, voice saying, yes, I've learned the violin. Yes, I've been brought up, you know, with this with this instrument, but I'm going to choose a different light. What Was that it, your voice? I think through the eyes of a child, how I remember it playing itself out was my sister, who's two years older than me, played the violin. And she was very good, by the way. Uh, my father was this great violin teacher. My mother played the violin and she taught also a little bit uh, the beginners. Uh, my brother is a little bit younger. Uh, he's five years younger, so he was still a small child, not really doing anything other than blowing a recorder and annoying everybody. But at some point, I realized that we are just, everything is about the violin. And older cellists just seemed like cool people. You know, I think it's well, it's the, big. It's big, and <laughs> and it's it, it's it's kind of rhythm musically and otherwise is a little bit more relaxed and it's just ha- it just has a cool about it that the violin doesn't have and so i always wanted to play the violin from say about the age of eight 
And eventually, when I was about 10, 11 years old, my father then said, okay, you're big enough to physically handle a bigger instrument. So let's have a go. And haven't looked back since. So yeah, it, it was something that I was attracted to way before I was even given a chance to play. Maestro Kutlana Maswata is in studio with me. I'll be with him until 3 o'clock. And what are we doing? We're shooting the breeze, actually. And you're more than welcome to be a part of this conversation. I said to you earlier, we've got some technical issues with our lines, but it doesn't mean that you cannot uh, send in a WhatsApp note or an SMS. Or so WhatsApp note is on 061-410-4107. SAFM 104-107 Nationwide. Leading the conversation. I'm in a conversation with Kutlona Masote, who is a conductor extraordinaire, cellist, and uh, I think just all round musical. And he's in studio with me until three. And you're more than welcome to be a part of this conversation. As I said, you can send us a voice note. Uh, you can send us an SMS as well. Those voice notes can come through on 061-410-4107. So then I, I imagine you're, you know, you said to me you were not, in, you're not quite intimidated by the fact that you come from this amazing legacy. I, I don't know how, Kutlana, because from from Sophia Town days, the, if your family were people who were ensembling choirs and, and that kind of thing, and your father has put together orchestras and the entire township knows the only, the only when you say, when you say Michael Masote and you say violin, it's, it's sort of like the same sentence. Mm-hmm. You can't break it up, <laughs> right? That's, that's true. I think I was given uh, my parents really, for all three of us, myself and my siblings, they always encouraged us to chase after what it is that we really believed in. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember I was only about 13 when I, when I decided that I wanted to become a musician. When I speak to other people that are musicians, they'd always known. Uh, so I don't think that I always chased it from day one. There were a, f- a few things that one thought one could do. Of course, we all want to play for Kaiser Chiefs or Orlando Pirates. Uh, that dream was killed. It, it kind of died its own death uh, because we know where my kind of uh, gifts lie. They don't yes. lie on the sports field. Yes. So, but but I, I do think that our parents uh, were very good at supporting us. Hence, Noah studied law, as did my younger brother, Zef. Uh, and I, I'm the one, I'm the yes. odd one out, as it were, yes. in a musical family. And so, yeah. But you're right. There, there, the, there was a weight of expectation that uh, Luna Lebana, Babu Mamutu, being yes. nurses and teachers and politicians and and what have you. Um, but it, it was just, it was just something that we always grew yeah. up knowing that it's part of our identity rather than. Are, you know, defining who we really are. So let's talk about the, the instrument. I mean, initially, it was just cool, right, to be seen yeah. with this big instrument. But but let's talk about, the, because it's one thing to, to like something from a distance, engage with it, and then decide, mm, okay, mm. that was that. But you stayed with it. The, the, the cello has got some beautiful things about it, right? I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's tone and baritone, I would say, for me. Yeah. I suppose... I mean, I don't have the musical language, but but kind of speaks to a specific soul or a part of one's voice that I think is quite deep. It's almost the perfect instrument. Um, it's almost as its body is as big as the body of a human. Um, it's 
as I speak now and I listen to the range of my voice, that is the range of the You're cello. T- it's, yeah. it's a voice of a man, but it's a loving voice. It's, it's, uh, it's in that lower tenor register and it's got a broad range. It can go down two octaves below middle C. Don't worry if you don't know what that means. That's quite low. And it can go as high as even the violin plays. And I guess that's probably one of its challenges is that it's ex- as a cellist, you expect it to be comfortable in all those registers, which means that your role in any ensemble can change, hmm. uh, which for me was, was part, part of the attraction. It was just a most versatile instrument. But uh, firstly, you, you play sitting sitting down. Yeah. So that's kind of like, okay, I don't have to stand for all. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody kind of gathers around you. I mean, even when you start playing in small ensembles and you decide where to rehearse, everybody says, well, come to your place. And you say, yeah, of course you will, because <laughs> yours is less uh, a mobile. But, but you, you're right. It's something that stayed with me. Um, I didn't kind of then go and try something else and come back. I think once I found it, its voice just it just resonated with me. And, and and that's interesting because I think you imagined you were going to be doing the cello and that would be your career. Mm, yeah. Bumped into being a conductor. I really John Machigese is the problem, wasn't he? he it was, was by absolute chance. You know, it's a conversation that I first met John in 19, I'd say 1999. And he got his wish to see me standing in front of an orchestra and a choir seven years later in 2006. We used to live just down the road here in Melville. Uh, so we were neighbors for, for the longest time, uh, John and I. Uh, but I first met him when he wanted uh, a piece of music that his father had written in um, honor of uh, Father Trevor Huddleston, a yes. piece of music called Makalipile, yes. the dauntless one. And another musician called Robert Maxim had put a string arrangement from the original piano recording of this that Machikiza was playing on, that, that historical recording. And so John phoned me because he wanted to put together string players at a book launch on Trevor Huddleston for the song to be sung mm-hmm. with an, a, a small string ensemble. And he said to me then that one day we're going to put together the money to do a retrospective concert on my father's work and you are going to conduct. And we had, of course, you'd get together, go and see this fund at this one. And you didn't think it was going to I, You know, I said, John, I'll help you and I'll be the orchestra fixer, da, 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 da. And he ended every meeting for seven years with, and you're going to conduct, and we'd laugh and part. And so when this opportunity came via Arts Alive in 2006 <laughs> to have um, at the mayoral opening the music of Machikiza and the music of Lady Smith Black Mambazo, but the music of Machikiza was really how John was involved, orchestrated, and he said, as I've been saying the last you few years, so kicking and screaming, I was uh, held to conducting lessons with the very Robert Maxim that I mentioned. But who, le- le- let's talk about that because yeah. you you were then arranging music that is not classical music, right? Um, that that challenge. Talk to me about that. So with a specific project, I didn't handle the music as it were, but it's in the course of what I do all the time. But basically, the the. Yeah, I mean, you mean your ladies make Mambazo, yeah. That's very different. It's very different. Uh, a very dear friend of mine, Isa Grew, had worked on that project of orchestrating their music, um, and actually they had a they released a, a CD called No Boundaries with the English Chamber Orchestra. It was done at the very highest level. I think it was even Grammy nominated uh, about fifteen years ago. But in in any case, the the process and the thinking behind putting an orchestra, whether it is to the music of Jamzashe or the music of Machikiza is about firstly understanding the musical context. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is it 
is there a reason to put an orchestra to it other than, well, we can, you know, so it won't work on everything. But you have to understand the musical context. You have to understand the song. Um, I've been tasked, as it as it is now, to do two songs of Mohapelo um, for a concert that we are doing in Lesotho next month. Uh, so it's just also about finding the correct sound within the orchestra because the orchestra is such a big instrument, mm. isn't it, with so many different colors in it, and finding the music that the 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 arrangement that will best enhance that. And so this has become commonplace in our country. But for you specifically, then what's the motivation to do that even for your kulichanas, for instance? You know, the, so just the, the unthinkable sure, for me. I mean, I think you, we always want to grow the audience of classical music. We always want to create work opportunities for the musicians that practice classical music. So that's guys like myself, string players, orchestral musicians. But... The Kulichanas, the questers of this world, want their music to be played by orchestra because, of course, this is an international trend, first of all. But they live in a country where these performance traditions can coexist and can work with each other. So, of course, the thing that always stops these things from happening is the budget. And, And once you have somebody that can see the vision and wants you know, to to have a go at it, then, you know, we're ready to go. But I, I thoroughly enjoy working when I've done with, with Cooley, with, with Questa, with DJ Kent, we did one of his songs, um, Malé, mm. uh, Lira, you know, I've orchestrated so many of, of our popular artists' music that was not originally conceived is, to have orchestra. Is it also just a personal thing that, that you can, that you can arrange this music to the highest level as well? Um, because I think that is a personal achievement. Yeah, it? of course it is. And I don't, I don't, I mean, and I'm, sh- I'm sure you didn't mean it like that. I don't see my world as, as, an, no. as, as a yes. height of anything, Yes. but, but I, I get what you're saying. There is a certain classiness. There is a certain globalness. Mm-hmm. There is a certain, you know, internationalness that you bring when you put your, your music in, in, in front of an orchestra and you say, now we're going to play. I mean, uh, Pharrell Williams, mm. I remember seeing a video where the Amsterdam Concertgebouw Orchestra, which is a 130-year-old institution that surprised them actually and said, listen to this. Do you recognize this? And, you know, just the look on his face. So even those top, top, top Grammy Award winners, when they hear their music performed by an orchestra, it, it's yeah. it's it's a sense of achievement it because it is something that we all want. You know, you start imagining things and you're hearing dun, dun, dun. You're hearing timpani, cymbal crashes. You're hearing a harp coloring your music. And so I think it's something that we all want to do. And I'm in that privileged position yeah. where people see me as a go-to guy. And, you know, when I presented to these artists, the looks on their faces, sure. priceless. Kutlana Masota is my guest and uh, he's with me until three. As I said, you're more than welcome to give us a call with your take on this conversation. Your conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. Kutlana Masota is my guest and we are together until three o'clock and I do see your voice notes. I'll be playing them in a short while. So you are on your own journey mm. doing amazing things. Thank you. And then you have a son yeah. <laughs> who then is doing amazing things. I'm I'm just wondering what happens. I think many of us wish for children to be these great things, you know, to 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 grow up and and take up wonderful challenges and just and do it. But then the reality is different. So yes, he's great, but you have to be the parent that is up with him when he has to practice at five o'clock in the morning. 
that's an interesting journey. That's, you know, uh, Pendo is an incredible young man. He's, his musical gift is, is a rare gift, I have to say. And it's been a privilege to watch him develop and chase his own dream. <clears throat> However, as you quite rightly say, he is still a son. Yeah. I am still a father. And yeah, it's it's every parent's wish, obviously, we all have. And now that both my sons are teenagers, I have the same concerns that every father of teenagers has. Um, you want your children to walk this very, uh, you want them to walk a, a good path. Uh, there are many distractions, and and so far it's it's been it's been it's really been amazing to watch them. But with with specific reference to the to Pender's musical work ethic, because that's, discipline. that's that's what it is. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing out of this world. I would say about how the results have come. Yeah. It's really been through sheer hard work. Of course, uh, my wife Maslukhela and I have 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 provided an environment for him to thrive musically. Uh, I remember those early mornings when he was still firstly at mainstream school. Uh, he'd practice before he'd have to, before school started. And then we homeschooled him for most of two years, for a year and a bit, yeah, just over a year and a half uh, before he got that, that scholarship to go to, to the Yehudi Manuin School in the UK. So I still get up very early because up until recently also I was doing a, a breakfast show on radio but it still comes comes to me that it's time to get up because I used to be the one to get up to make sure that he's up and I remember I'd only go back to bed as soon as he got out of bed because otherwise he would I mean he, he was he was 12 13 years old uh but yeah it's been it's been really wonderful to watch and 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 to be part of this journey now at a distance of course and it's been good for me I mean speaking of my personal journey been good for me to be removed from that because there is a level at which you can meddle because you're mm. trying to help because you've been there because uh, mm. you're hearing your father's voice ringing in your head etc um, you know, there are st there's still advice that one can give, and it's it's really those very basics. It's amazing, even even people that are at Pender's level and people at us as grown-ups, uh, we still have to remind ourselves of the basics because they are the habits. You know, and sometimes you know, sometimes you just it's not the day to be practicing, but just to say, okay, instead of tackling this, can we rather look at that? Um, that will also contribute towards this, uh, this you know, the, the progress. So it's still a mentorship role, and and fortunately, he still kind of thinks, and I think he appreciated it after he left. He still thinks of me as somebody that knows something about music. I mean, I'm listening to you now, and I I I've watched Pendo a few times, and I just as an observer sit and I get emotional, just just from just from. Just a little bit that I've witnessed his commitment because it is rare. He's got, he's talented, but he's also a hardworking boy. I mean, it just doesn't happen. So it's by no chance that he mm. is doing as well. Right? I think it's all those things, you know, we speak of what is talent. Is it, is it inborn? Is it genetic? But at the end of the day, I can tell you, it's the four hours he was practicing, the four hours every day he was practicing when he was still 12 years old. Yeah. When we homeschooled him, created the, you know, the space and time for him to do that and let the academics fit around that. And where he is now, he's at a specialist music school, mm -hmm. you know, only 70 odd kids from all over the world, a real privilege. Yeah. But they create the space for them to put those hours in because that's there's there are no shortcuts doesn't matter whose child and you so are. How, how important is that and you get it because you were afforded that as well the opportunities availed to mm. one so yes talent is a lot 
but also the space and opportunities availed to people with talent. Yeah, and you know the opportunities are very important. The, you know, um, performance opportunities. If you think of a sportsman, perhaps is is probably the easiest way to demonstrate it. Is they need game time. They speak of yeah. game time. Even after a long injury and you're fit, and the doctor gives you the all clear, you need match fitness. Mm. And and performance is a little bit like that. Uh, you need to be playing. And where you would have heard him, of course, is at sometimes at school functions that were very small functions, mm. but people could recognize even there that. But this is something special. So for us as a family. Those, those opportunities were very important. And it might have seemed to others that, ah, oh, come on, it's just a school function. Why are you making such... It's because the boy needed to understand that this is how you improve when you're out on the field and you practicing and you're playing in ensembles and you're performing, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, the opportunities are very important. Uh, I was afforded those, as you say. Uh, you know, my, my parents moved heaven and earth. There was a time where we lived in Mafikeng for four years. When I tell people, somebody was saying, oh, my son, uh, I don't want to change teachers. I know that teacher is good, but, oh, man, it's on the other side of town. I said, my father used to drive us from Mafikeng to Park Town for lessons wow. on a Saturday morning. Uh, my sister and I, you know, so that's what you do uh, as a parent. Uh, and then, and then, you know, there's a fighting chance because now it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's playing the violin, you know, when we were playing the, when we were growing up as teenagers, there wasn't another black child that played the cello, certainly not at my level. Uh, now there are children that are homeschooled that play just like Pendo, um, etc. So it's, uh, you have to, as parents, you have to really try and give your child because you can't do the shot, you right? can't do the practicing for them, and you can't throw money at it either. Of mm -hmm. course, you have to try and find the best tuition and the best opportunities. Uh, we used to take Pendo to competitions in Belgium. I mean, we sacrificed a lot to to see him where he is, but that's only a start. It's about providing everything else, the space to practice. Um, it's Christmas Day. You only have to practice two hours today. You know, and it's that discipline. Mm -hmm. We're going on holiday today. We're driving, but harifita kopil. You're gonna practice an hour, you know, uh, and and just let it be the child. The child must, if even if wherever they are in England and it's a weekend, they must feel guilty because they must know. You know, when you exercise and you walk or you run every day, when you haven't done it for two days, you see yourself putting on your running shoes. <laughs> Nobody needs to ask you. Maestro uh, Kutlana Maswata is in studio with me. That conversation will continue after the headlines, but it's just gone two thirty. Let's go to Nandika Bukas for the latest in headlines. Stay on top of all meaningful, top-trending stories right here on SAFM. Leading the conversation. Thank you so much for staying with us. I'm in conversation with Kudlana Masote until three o'clock, and this is our big interview. Um, you're more than welcome to be a part of this conversation, by the way. You can send us a WhatsApp note. You can give us a call. We're trying to work on those lines, but just give it a shot and we may see, uh, we may be able to pick it up. The WhatsApp notes can be sent to 061-410-4107. So the conducting journey Um you know, Kudlana, it's sometimes it's it's a journey on its own to 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 follow your own journey. Mm. You've got your child around who's himself following his own journey. There's that leadership mm. role you're playing as a conductor. I mean, that is just you you have the luxury of all this talent around you, mm. and nothing more than trust that they leave in your capable hands. All these very talented people who 
leave everything to you <laughs> to yeah. lead them. It's it's a privilege. Um, somebody said the conductor and the chef are the last standing uh, uh, autocrats uh, because we get away <laughs> with everything. I don't I don't think it's true in my case. I think I think the world has changed. Uh, you read. Um, you know, you read memoirs of conductors from a previous era and, and really the kinds of things they used to be able to you say flick, and get away with. You flick a finger and things happen. And, and yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's it's, like, it's, it's huge. So I also have the edit, uh, and you used the word earlier, the edit uh, privilege of being called maestro. Yes. But I stopped getting excited about it recently <laughs> because I realized, no man, the people that call me maestro are usually people that I'm recently acquainted to and people that struggle to say Kutuano. Oh. Yeah, people who struggle to say my name uh, was just saying maestro. So I guess I guess it is endearing to an extent. But yeah, it's 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 one of those great privileges. I mean, so we, we understand how I got there. John insisted. And, I, and I'm really grateful to my mentor, um, uh, Robert Maxime. But it's something that having watched my father was inevitable. You know, my father used to conduct youth orchestras that I yes. used to play in. And you can teach and impart a lot from the position that you are given from standing in front of a group of musicians. And, you know, I, I've i been putting together things for people, whether it's, um, oh, my cousin's getting married. Will you come with your quartet to play? Uh, we need an orchestra for this. Uh, we need an orchestration. So I realized that I became, became a little bit of a one-stop shop, uh, not, not by intention, from, by original intention, but I realized that people came to me when they wanted different things, or choirs, etc. And so the next best thing was obviously to then ascend to the podium, as it were. So that was a very natural progression for me. But but what, what is it? I, I want I don't know if you've got the term for it. What was it that after the very first time you did it, and were asked how was that, and you said I can do that over and over again? What what had happened? Magic. Um, and it's it's not in the sense of wow I had so much power. It was that wow I managed to bring it all to Together. life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I managed to tell a story, uh, as you mentioned, all these amazing musicians, and what a privilege it is to conduct your own colleagues. You know, mm-hmm. people that you play with every week, uh, and then suddenly you are asking things of them, and it it just it's a special relationship when I do end up going to conduct here in Johannesburg certainly I, I I work with people some of them I've been playing with in youth orchestras for 30 plus years so it's always it, it always feels extra special but I think the attraction of it was just seeing how well it had gone that first performance and how it was me in a way that had managed to to channel all those energies uh it was also because it was such an unusual program the music of machikiza under john's guidance and mentorship uh i remember there were things even in the orchestrations that he wasn't happy with and he said no this is over the top can we can we not uh, but how do you tell the orchestra and i said well that's why i'm here you know <laughs> so so and 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 so i started off on a very good good footing with the repertoire that I was able to handle. And, I, and I've kind of carved a niche for myself in these cross-cultural yes. musical conversations. But it is also very important for me to do the pure classics, if, mm-hmm. if you will, because I don't want to be the guy that took the shortcut. I want and I do do the Beethovens, the Verdi's. I mean, we and I'm sure we'll get to it. We have an opera gala concert yes. coming up. I didn't like opera growing up, something I bumped Interesting. into. But now I'm able to 
to interpret it and i find it such a fascinating world because of the stories that we're telling when we do opera and obviously working with singers i mean that's a new dynamic i come from an orchestral background a symphonic background and, and so i i really enjoy it and i every new project is a learning experience for me because as i said i didn't come from from choral or operatic music yet i'm able to handle it because now i i'm confident enough to go for it I am assuming now, I am just assuming, I could be wrong. I assume that you consider very carefully who you want to work with, right? And and I, and you don't have to give me names, but I want you to give me what is it that you will say no to. Is it the, the way in which the particular artist does not respect their craft? I don't know, but I am sure there are things you say, mm, it's okay, I'll pass. So I think a more broad uh, thing that maybe the way to come in is everybody looks at me and they say wow you're so lucky you do you, you you do what you love doing you know and I always say yes I mean it's it's great that I get paid to do what I do because I would do it anyway I'm not sure if I would do it all the time and here here is is the writer is is that one still works with human beings mm. as you say there are people that one prefers to work with there are people that you want to stay away from at the moment I think I mean, even listening to the news coming in here with, with the virus outbreak, what it's doing, you know, markets are being hammered. So for us artists, this is nothing new. We have to work under very, very difficult circumstances, low, tight budgets. And so one tends to take everything. Mm -hmm. uh, so the people that I've enjoyed working with the most are the people that really are, you know, and it's it's no coincidence, are the excellent ones. A few names come to mind, and strange enough, they've been operated singers. Uh, in no particular order, Levi Sikhapani, I'd like to start with. Um, I'm sure you've had him on your show mm -hmm. before. Uh, Levi is a gentleman extraordinary. We did a concert with him a year ago and another one a few years ago, and I saw him about a month ago in Cape Town again, truly amazing human beings worked so hard at his craft and he he's taught me so much and this is 47 year old Kudlano speaking about 30 year old Levi he's taught me so much about music about life because these guys travel they work with the best orchestra the best maestros and so as we we're preparing for our concert last year I really enjoyed working with him pretty young there's another one um, the late Sally Silver, she's also an operatic singer. She died about a year and a half ago. Uh, South African born, went over to the UK. Really special human being. Learned so much from working with her. Other musicians, you know, that, that I play with regularly. There's a string quartet that I play with. Gabriel Mutomi is a guy that I'd like to sing a lot. Samson Diamond, etc. There's so many people. Of course, there are people that when you see the orchestra list that you're going to conduct, that you go, Asa! <laughs> but you, you make it work because um, I've also realized that, uh, you know, I try and understand why people say and do the things that they sometimes say. We are products of our environment. Mm. We have Gudwana, uh, the husband, when I left. Kutlana, uh, the father who keeps scolding me for doing the same things wrong over and over, and I arrived at work in that mood. And and so, and music has a has a way of healing. Even the people that really don't want to to embrace the the moment, 
you find after a few rehearsals, after a few visits mm-hmm. to that orchestra, there's an orchestra in particular that uh, I like to go because I like to conduct, but it's difficult. It's challenging. <laughs> and we always do well in, in concert. But, you know, the rehearsals are difficult. <laughs> after this, we're going to be speaking about the big event that's coming up on the 4th of April. Please clear your calendar. I've got some big guns coming up. And that conversation will happen after this. They say if you can't stand the heat, get out of Limpopo. It's an all Limpopo quarterfinal. Who will kick who? Out the kitchen. Bahaha, ole dotadova. Find out in this game filled with world-class commentary, sensational flair, atmosphere, goals, and unrivaled passion. This is the NetBank Cup. Catch Baroka FC testing it out with Black Leopards in your language of choice at 3 p.m. this Saturday, the 14th of March, live on SBC One and SBC Radio Station. We love it here. Brought to you by SBC Sport. Tommy, just because your accounts are up to date or you do not have credit does not mean that you should not check your credit report. Know that the National Credit Act gives you the right to get one free credit report once a year from a credit bureau. You need to check if your credit information is correct. For more info, go to www.ncr.org.za. A message brought to you by the National Credit Regulator. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.1 FM in Bombela. I'm in conversation with Kutana Masote. He's a maestro, he's a conductor, a cellist, and uh, has really worked with the, the creme de la creme in, in, in many different circles. In fact, those of you who think he just, uh, uh, you know, plays around orchestra circles, it's not true. He... DJ Cuesta, I mean, hey, <laughs> Cuesta, guys. So there is MTN Business Opera Jewels Gala concert coming up, mm. uh, five years in the making. Yeah, I I marvel at this because sometimes you are that little country at the bottom of this very big continent, right? Miles and miles away from where things are happening, and we know this. You know this. At at a certain point of one's career. You only come because it's good enough for you to come. Mm. That's it's as simple as that. Absolutely. Uh, you can call it home. You can call it all sorts of things. You can come and watch giraffes, but when you're going to commit your craft to it, certain things and certain standards have to be in place. And that's why the people that come to this come for this, right? Absolutely. So, and you're quite right. Uh, the home, the home uh, sort of uh, carrot can't be dangled. Because firstly, with these artists, so Opera Jules, in a nutshell, before I, I say what I want, in a nutshell, Opera Jules is a platform that Maslukhelo, my wife, and I, Maslukhelo, my wife being the same person, <laughs> and I, yes. uh, created uh, five years ago now. Uh, we we decided to do a concert with Pretty and because she turned 30 the year before that, mm-hmm. in 2015, uh, and we couldn't put together money to do it. Uh, then and we were able to do it in 2016 and then we did a next one with Pumeza Machikiza because we thought we must do this every year and then we realized no but we stumbled upon something here bringing South African artists home because we follow them all on Facebook Instagram and they're performing called Matt and La Scala and Bayerische Theater whatever you know Uh, but we never get to see them here 
so Opera Jewels is exactly that. We wait a whole year to be able mm. to do it. We select one or two artists to, 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 to be the featured artist the very, at the very mm. top of their game. Uh, recently, we went to watch uh, Poggy and Bess at mm. the new Metro thing, the, the Matt production, the New York Matt production. And Golda Schulz is the very first person you hear singing Summertime. Mm. Golda Schulz was featured on Opera Jewels two years ago. So th- these are Matt regulars. Kilebo Kilebo song sings all over. She's going off now to LA and then New York after that uh, next month. And she was also featured along with, with Golda. So that's what Opera Jewels is. We bring back our top opera singers to come and perform for home audiences. Now, you're not going to get them to say, hey, I see you'll be at home anyway. They want to get paid properly. Mm-hmm. You, we speak to them through their agents, so yeah. we pay them in euro or dollars or whatever the case is. Of course, there's an understanding that the exchange really puts us out, the exchange rate, so we're able to negotiate good good fees, but they never feel out of pocket for coming. So that's the first thing. We, we have to honor them because we need them to bring their A-game. Secondly, you're right. Uh, we have great orchestras and uh, we have wonderful uh, concert venues in South Africa. So they know when they're coming home, we're not asking them to perform in a community center somewhere. It's a properly organized concert with a professional orchestra that is even worthy of recording. So we are very lucky to be able to, to bring these artists out. So the evolution of Opera Jewels was when we wanted to do this concert, we stumbled acro- across this idea that, and we realized that, no, we can really do something. We've since added a uh, developmental um, angle in that we have master classes now for the third year. We have master classes uh, with the visiting artists. Uh, last year was Levi. Three years ago, two years ago, three years ago, we did with, with, with Pumeza and... Um, and Nolivuisum both, we did a kids concert and they they, t- they talked, spoke to the kids uh, to say, well, I was you, you know, 20 years ago, you can be me in 20 years time kind of thing. Um, and uh, also the TUT vocal art chorus uh, who are opera students. Uh, I mentioned Kilebo Kilebe song earlier because she's a graduate of TUT mm. and to be able to have that chorus then backing her along with the orchestra. It, 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 it completes the circle for you, us. You, this, this year, Bongi Wanakan is coming. Yeah. And I, again, I suppose that kind of journey that you see with Pretty and, and so on, UCT graduate, and I, I don't know what it is about us, but when we shine, we really shine. And the world grabs onto us like gold, which is what's happened with, with the likes of Bongi mm. This, for me, is an important concert because I'm looking forward to the day when the space can match the talent. As everybody leaves to go to Europe, rightfully so, the environment is conducive, Mm. right? So people, you know, that the craft is respected, developed, and so on. We've got an ecosystem that supports that. I'm looking forward to a day when this is the destination. And it will be very soon. I think uh, what we've then done, and I'll come back to Bongiwe in a second, is because it's the fifth Opera Jewels concert that we're doing, we decided let's, just take it up. Let's do something. Let's be daring. So we've invited an American tenor by and the name is, of Lawrence Brown. Wow. A Grammy nominee, Grammy may nominee, I just say. Uh, yeah. This guy is amazing. You know, uh, I follow him on all his social media platforms. I follow, I see what he does as a dad, the things he says about his children. He, he And we are almost exactly the same And he age. plays instruments too. Yes. So that's... He, he, a real maestro. Yeah, he's a, he's master a real of maestro. Craft, yeah. Of his craft. And there's so much. I, I look forward to learning from him in the week that we'll be able to spend together. And we hope that your Lawrence Brownleys of this world will leave South Africa telling everybody that, guys, when you get this email, 
go. Mm-hmm. Don't think twice about, oh, do they have orchestras? Oh, what's the conductor like? Just go. The, the audience will embrace you. The mm-hmm. orchestra is exactly what you're used to hearing. So, yeah, we want to be on the circuit. As I said, we only get to do this once a year, this particular concert. But there are other things happening. You know, we've just had a Mozart festival that Richard Koch does, uh, mm-hmm. which is almost a month long. We do the Golden Gate classes, yes. which, which is something... Ah. In the Maluti Mountains, we have a concert with a full orchestra, singers, etc., and some jazz. You know, the, we want to we want all these things to have a global appeal because people will always visit South Africa. Uh, the coronavirus will pass, and people will travel again. South Africa is still a beautiful and cheap destination to visit from people from the northern hemisphere, and classical and cultural tourism and classical music specifically is something that they'll always be curious about mm-hmm. to say oh really they have opera singers from there yes i think i know that one let's go and check it out kind of thing so mm-hmm. we hope we'll be part of of the circuit uh, we're certainly not shy about the quality mm-hmm. that we put yeah. on stage um i think personally as a conductor i've grown mm-hmm. the level of work and and i and i say this to Maslukhello all the time about we need even if we do three things a year only, they need to be excellent. We need to be synonymous with excellence. And I think we're getting there. You know, funding is always a problem. Funding obviously is an enabler. Uh, the the one thing that I always, I always walk on stage feeling that I'm one rehearsal short. And it's a budget thing. You know, I've learned to be better with time management when we do rehearse. But I would still like that last rehearsal just to put the finishings <laughs> In a way, and and not depend on the talent and the spontaneity to 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 have it to, to make it happen. So yeah, we, we will get there, and and we're very much well on our way there. Not just us, but other concert uh, organizers and other musicians in the country. I mentioned uh, Richard Koch. There's a guy in 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 KZN um, who uh, Christopher Dagen who organizes a festival, and he's playing. He's the busiest musician. So we have people that are committed, and, and they are world class. And that that also adds to educating. So. As you get better, the audience gets better with you. Absolutely. And and the audience, you know, music is, is one of those things. And that's why there's the, there's the, you know, there's the, what's the word? There's the culture or the cult of following individuals because that's what music does. So, yeah, we, you know, by creating these products, people kind of remember you and they say, hey, but I like that conduct. Hey, on hope it's you know? And like, maestro, hey, man, you move. You feel the music. Well, you know, what's the point if, if I'm not going to apply it myself? If that's all you've come for, well, yeah. that's fine. Well, that's I won't stop. <laughs> Is my guest until three. SAFM, setting the nationwide agenda daily. Daily. My guest is Gutlana Masote, who is with me until three. We've got literally just a few minutes to go, and uh, we are discussing the big concert that's coming on the 4th of April, the MTN Business Opera Jewels Gala Concert, and um, it's, in its, it's in its fifth year this year. So, you 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 know, you've got, we've got Bongi Wanakani coming. We've also got Lawrence Bonley coming. Who else do you want to mention? That's so, coming? we've got Palesa Mariello. She is from Gronstadt, just like Levi. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how the top talent doesn't come from Soweto anymore. That's is worrying. We need to change this, guys. Soweto's Lemamete, I hope. Uh, yeah, you know, they come from Pitratif and Kronstadt and uh, places like that. So Palesa is about 26. She's a postgraduate student at uh, the university in Cologne. Uh, she in was, Germany. Huh? Yeah, Cologne, yeah. Germany. Yeah. She won the, overseas, the Samra Overseas Scholarship yes. last year. So I 
got to hear her properly because uh, I heard her twice um, and I thought, no, this this one we have to invite. So yeah, she's coming to, to join uh, Lawrence and, and Bongiwe. She's a soprano. Bongiwe is something called a mezzo-soprano, alto for, for, for lay people. So it's a lower soprano voice, mm. um, you know, deep, dark, rich kind of... Um, you know, Cub Sauvignon voice. And then uh, we've got the TUT vocal art chorus, the youngsters uh, that we are, you know, using, uh, featuring again for a third year running. And uh, we've got the Johannesburg Philharmonic Orchestra. also. You're also a broadcaster. Yeah. What is it that broadcasting has taught you about yourself? Um, Phew, that's, that's a difficult one. So broadcasting... I've been a broadcaster for 21 years this year. I started off doing sort of pre-recorded overnight shows on Classic FM in 1999. And then uh, I I did that for most of sort of until 2010. And I got out of radio for a while. I came here. I came to SAFM yes. for a year. Sorry. Yes. How can I, yes. I came here for a year and I got out of the game after a while. Um I just, you know, I wanted to become a performer again. The, the conducting needed my, my attention. Been back in radio for two years, doing quite prime shows on Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a lifestyle show and then did the breakfast, breakfast show. For a while. And then now I'm sort of middle of the morning show. I think my relationship with music uh, is what I bring to radio. But what, what have I learned is, is perhaps how other people engage with music. Uh, so and to be mindful of that to say that not everybody knows the details of Wagner's Lohengrin opera, which I also know very little about, but it is really a service that you have to provide. So because Classic FM is a commercial radio station, that's when I've, where I've done most of my broadcasting. Uh, obviously, it's it's about keeping a listenership. Those figures are important. And being relevant and not doing it, you know, because I could easily be self-indulgent mm-hmm. to say, okay, now I'm going to play you all the chamber music that's, that, I that, that, that I listen to in my spare time. But about uh, what the relationship between people and business and everyday life, you know, you do the breakfast show, you know who's in the car. It's mom and young children. How do you, how do you sort of uh, frame a little back announcement of Mozart's Magic Flute uh, overture in a way that a young person sitting in a car that's getting dropped off at school at that time as you're delivering that how do you make it relevant and exciting so that they want to listen again the next day and it's not oh it's that adult thing so i think i've learned a lot and it's it's um it i guess it feeds each, each other with with the kind of cross-cultural work that we do mm-hmm. is to be aware of what trends are and how people consume this art form of classical and serious music. So then what would be your your go-to downtime music? Your personal go-to downtime music? Sure. It's it's difficult. You know, I'm I'm very influenced by my wife and more recently my children. Uh less so the children. So my wife loves the sort of seventies, eighties jams. Uh which is music that I grew up listening to, obviously having been born in the early seventies myself. Um but I have to say, classical music, um, opera, actually my wife made me love opera. And we've been speaking of her about Madame Butterfly, which is her all-time favorite. And so uh, she actually made me kind of change my mind about opera before we even started doing these concerts uh, that we put on together. But I guess, yeah, I mean, a few weeks ago, we went to see Yo-Yo Ma in Cape Town. He is still, you know, when I hear his cello, I'm... 
I'm at one with myself. And he's recorded so extensively and he's someone... Uh, I wanted to mention it when you were asking about my early days with the cello. I think Yo-Yo Ma had a lot to do with how, you know, because I just discovered him then at about age 14, this guy that played the cello, this wow. Chinese man wow. from America yeah. that can do anything on the cello. Uh, so yeah, those are my and you know I I listen broadly. I listen to some jazz, but yeah, I'm still very much a classical guy. You think you you're living your wildest dreams, right? I try to. You know, parenting gets in the way. I have to say, I always <laughs> tell people if I didn't have children, I could drive a sports car. No, I wouldn't. True, but you, uh, honestly, you but do what your heart desires. No, there, there's no doubt about it. Of course, I'm I'm being I'm being mean yeah. about it. I I think yeah. And now that we have an empty nest because yes. uh, both kids are at, bo- uh, at boarding school, I think yes, I, I'm starting to feel that now. And and my wildest dream is not traveling the world or yes. doing going yes. out. And my wildest dreams is sitting down like I did on Friday, mm-hmm. reading Judges 13 to 16 mm-hmm. or to 17 or to 16. Sorry. Do you know why, Pamela? Because that's the story of Samson and Delilah. Mm-hmm. And Wong Yue Nakani is mm-hmm. singing an aria, mm-hmm. the, the love aria. Um, my heart opens at the sound of your voice. I'm translating loosely from French. Yes. Um, but uh, I had to... Sure wrap my head around this story and that for me well, i'm a nerd that is the, living my that's the dream, dream. Yeah. that is the yeah. dream kutlan it's so wonderful having you here quickly give us the details it's the fourth of april fourth of april vitz great hall 7 30 please don't stress about parking there's plenty of parking at vitz on a saturday evening uh compu ticket is your friend um we will have lawrence brownlee conducting the jpo and the uh, TUT vocal art chorus, an eclectic mix of opera from bel canto, French, uh, even some German opera and operetta that Palisa will be singing. It's going to be wild. That will be available as a podcast. It's three o'clock.